did you realize that Jesus was the most misunderstood human on earth? And so if that's the case, which it is, then Jesus knows how to come alongside us when we're misunderstood because he gets it. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. Hey, More Than Small Talk friends. We are back with you this week with another special friend of ours. Susie and I were talking before this about how we think we've known our guest, Mary DeMuth, for about 20 years. Yeah. That is Mm -hmm. a long time. And... In that time, she has written over 40 books. She is a podcaster, (laughs) a pray every day, an artist, a literary agent, and she loves Jesus. She's also married to Patrick, the mama of three, and they live outside of Dallas. So Mary, we adore you. And we are so happy that you're here with us today to talk about your newest book, which is One of the most intriguing titles I've seen lately, it is The Most Misunderstood Women of the Bible. So thank you for being with us. It's so great to be here. It's just like a reunion. It's fun. It (laughs) is. And did you look at the cover, girls? It's gorgeous. Like this is a beautiful cover. And when I began to read it, what I found is the words inside are really beautiful too. So mm. we're just going to jump in, Mary. Uh, why did you write a book called The Most Misunderstood Women of the Bible? That's a good question. I A couple of years ago, I had a, a misunderstanding with a friend that is still not resolved. And it just broke my heart and caused me to just... It, it, it messed with me for a while. Yeah, And I realized that... All of us, when we are misunderstood, it's one of the greatest pains that we walk Mm -hmm. through as humans. And then at the same time, I was reading the Bible a lot, like cover to cover, back and forth, cover to cover. And I was discovering that a lot of these women that I'd heard sermons about, that what I was finding in the scripture was not the same as the sermons that I had heard or the messages Mm -hmm. that I'd heard. And just from a very boring, plain reading of scripture. No. And I was reading fast. So I wasn't doing any sort of research. I was just reading the Bible. And so I combined those two ideas of this idea of being misunderstood and tackling these women who had been misunderstood and what they could teach us in the Valley of Misunderstanding. And then I also, this is why this is a complicated book, but a fun book. I also put on my novelist hat and as close to the biblical narrative as possible, uh, added texture to the stories of these 10 women. Mm, Yeah, that's what I think made me love the book the most, because it brought the story to life, but then you would transition into our everyday life and how that helps us when we feel misunderstood. So it's good. Can you give us an example? Tell us about one of the women in your book. Sure. So one of them is Bathsheba. And I've often heard, even recently in a sermon, someone said, yes, well, David committed adultery. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) 
last I heard, he was the king of his realm and no one could say no to him. So that's not the same as a consensual affair. Um, But as I looked at Bathsheba's life, one of the things that I thought was fascinating, and again, this just came from reading scripture over and over again. It didn't come from my research, which came later, was that she could have been barren um, because there is no mention of her and Uriah, her husband, of having any children. And so we can't know for sure, but there's never any mention of her bringing kids with her to the palace after her husband's dead. Um, If that's the case, then we have a whole nother layer of pain there Mm. where she finally conceives and it's from David who, who is the murderer of her husband. Wow. And then she loses that baby. So just the level and the depth of the despair that she must have gone through But then after we see later that Solomon, who she gives birth to, um, he even makes a throne for her and she has this great amount of influence in her kingdom. And so we see God just kind of taking her and leading her into a really beautiful path. Wow. I would say, I think that so many women right now do feel misunderstood. How do you think that your book is going to help them with their Um, internal processing of how they feel about themselves and how other people view them. I think it's the age old problem. And I think I will probably deal with this for the rest of my life. But some of the things that I learned from these women was that they, in a lot of times in their culture, they couldn't defend themselves. They couldn't stand up for themselves. And yet God was their defender. And we see that in the, in the story of Hagar, who she feels unseen, but she names God, the God who sees, she names her child, the God who hears, and she has two supernatural encounters with the Lord. And so my encouragement is that even if you feel unseen, even if you feel misunderstood, the God of the universe still loves you and understands you. And then one of the things that I walked through when I was going through that misunderstanding with a friend is another friend of mine said, did you realize that Jesus was the most misunderstood human on earth? Yeah, I mean, they attributed his miracles to Satan. Like that is the most blasphemous thing that you can do. Talk about misunderstanding. And so if that's the case, which it is, then Jesus knows how to come alongside us when we're misunderstood because he gets it. Yeah. So good. That's really powerful. Was there one story that was just really difficult to tell? I think that would be Tamar. The sec- mm-hmm. She's Tamar number two. There's three Tamars in the Bible. There's the Tamar who uh, slept with her father-in-law. And then there's this Tamar who was raped by her brother. And then um, I'll tell you about the next Tamar in, as I finish the story. But her name means date palm. And a date palm, when I was in Israel, I found out from our tour guide is that they stay very low to the ground. Like they just have all these like palm leaves on the ground. And then um, after their maturity, then they like suddenly shoot up and they become like a palm tree and they make dates. Um, And I think it's a beautiful metaphor for her life because she definitely in the first part of her life, very tragic, very painful. She asked the question, how can I get rid of my disgrace? But at the end of her life, we see that she lives with her brother Absalom, not the one that harmed her. And he names his daughter Tamar. So she's Mm -hmm. Tamar number three. And I just kind of have to think that Tamar had a really beautiful influence over his family enough that he would name his child after her. Wow. That's powerful. So much redemption. So Mary, I'm curious from a slightly different angle, as you looked at women who are misunderstood, what did you learn about how we can keep from misunderstanding each other? (laughs) 
I think that involves a lot of humility and the ability to ask questions and not to jump to conclusions and to do things face to face. Um, the thing that happened to me was not face to face, even though I asked for it. And I think we are in a culture now of canceling each other very quickly over small things. Like we may have a relational base of 10 to 12 years, but then suddenly we say one thing and we're instead of someone asking us, well, what did you mean by that? Or I don't agree with you. Um, we just cancel the relationship. And one thing that I've learned that has nothing to do with this book, but everything to do with living in France was that when we lived in France as missionaries, we would have these conversations around the dinner table. And I realized there's a great difference in the way Americans view conversation and the way uh, French do. And so I'd have these French friends who would like take this like opposing view and they would argue back and forth and then they would kiss each other's cheeks at the end and be happy as clams. Or they would argue and then they would switch their position because they just wanted to have an argument and they wanted to learn the other side. So they'd switch <laughs> and then they would kiss, kiss and leave as friends. And I realized Americans, we think that they're, if someone's arguing, they hate each other. And we don't think of it as like discourse or getting to know an opinion or anything like that. And so I've had to learn that we need to have that art of asking great questions and not thinking that just because someone believes something differently than I do, doesn't mean that I'd walk out of their lives. In fact, it actually means that I press in. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that thought of like leaning in instead of running away, which is what a lot of us do with conflict. We're just like, we want out. But I wanted to know what was something that surprised you the most that about one of these characters in the Bible? Like what was something that floored you that maybe you didn't know before you started researching about her? I would say um, because the book of Ruth, you really like in Ruth's like story, but really it's the story of Naomi mm -hmm. and Naomi renames herself Mara, which means bitter. And she is actually the patron saint of the lamenter of one who has grieved and she goes through the process and everyone expects that when she returns to her homeland, mm -hmm. even though she's bereft of no sons, no husband, and she's got this lady Ruth with her, her daughter-in-law that she should be fine. And they're all like, yay, she's come back. And she's like, I'm Mara. I'm sad. But she did go through grief. And I think that's something that's really good for all of us today, because we, if we do not walk through the valley of grief, we will revisit it later. And I would just rather get through it now than stuff it and then have to deal with it later. Yeah. You know, Mary, I've, I've known you a long time and you are an advocate for women. You always have been. And so for other women who are gently, prayerfully, uh, trying to live a life to make a difference for others, and they're misunderstood. Do you have any encouragement or advice for them? You know, one of the things that probably was the most surprising part of releasing uh, the book, We Too, How the Church mm -hmm. Can Respond Redemptively to the Sexual Abuse Crisis, was that the opposition came mm. from other advocates Yeah, and it was a shock. I just expected them to be like pro this. And, yeah. and uh, so my advice is that your opposition and your misunderstanding is probably the most painful from when it comes from within your community. Mm -hmm. 
And what I had to do to get through it was I first had to take a sabbatical. And then second, I had to have friendships outside of the realm of my advocacy work because otherwise I would go crazy. I needed someone outside of that to be able to look at things more with better perspective Mm -hmm. so that they could speak into my life. Uh, Otherwise I'd just be enmeshed in this community, which was actually hurting me. Yeah. Mm, That's really good. So what is the opposite of being misunderstood? What do you feel like is God's heart for us in our relationships with each other? You know, I think it's light. It's to shed light on who we really are. Mm-hmm. And so much of the scripture, particularly in the New Testament, talks about light and darkness as a metaphor. And when we are in relationship with someone, the more we ask questions, the more we want to know who they are, the more we're shedding light on who they are. So to be understood is to walk in the light alongside Mm -hmm. somebody else. That's so beautiful, Mary. And so challenging to say, Mm -hmm. how can I seek to understand? You know, I think so many times we get busy with trying to say our piece or, you know, (laughs) impose our opinions that to stop and say, okay, how can I understand? Yeah. It's really powerful. When I look at one of the women who endorsed your book was Kay Warren, Mm -hmm. and she said this, she said, "Um, each chapter brought me to a place of reflection and meditation, offering rich insight, wisdom, and ultimately hope. And I think that is a powerful testimony to this book. So we want our listeners to be able to find you and to find this book, The Most Misunderstood Women of the Bible, how can they do that? So it's wherever books are sold in your local Christian bookstore or on um, online outlets. Uh, and then I have a free thing for folks if they want it. Uh, they can go to marydemuth.com slash misunderstood and they'll receive 64 truths and 17 proclamations from the word of God that will help you when you are walking through the valley of misunderstanding. And I just kind of needed this for myself. So I created it for me. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm just handing it off to you because it's just, sometimes we just have to remind ourselves, okay, I may be misunderstood, but God is for me. He loves me. He understands being misunderstood. I am still well-loved by my creator and those kinds of just saying those things out loud and believing them and retraining our minds according to Romans 12, one and two is super helpful. That's powerful, Mary. Would you wrap us up by praying over the woman who's listening, who's feeling really misunderstood today? Yes, Jesus, I thank you so much for another day of life. And I thank you for every person listening today. And we all have levels of misunderstanding in our closest relationships and sometimes our distant relationships, Lord. And I just pray that um, first, I praise you that you understand what it's like to be misunderstood and you can come alongside those who are walking through this pain. But I pray that you would lift my sister's head and lift her eyes to heaven, that she would set her mind on the things above and not on the things of earth, that we can realize there will be a day when all the misunderstandings are made right and when all the tears are wiped away. But in this time, in this valley of misunderstanding, Lord, please shed light. Please Please bring hope. I pray for reconciliation. And I pray that as far as it depends on her, she would be at peace with a person who misunderstands her. And even if not, Lord, I pray that you would help her to know she is loved by you, cherished by you, and you delight over her with singing. I pray that today would be a day of breakthrough and hope. 
In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for being with us, Mary. (laughs) Thanks for having me. It's been great to see all of you. All right. (laughs) And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.